Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, 358. Oscar Lopez in the house. We are going to have the salty one. And in about an hour, uh, we'll be talking NFL trades, Super Bowl 55 preview. We will also be talking to Nate Ward in the second hour in terms of what's happening in X League, plus offseason news and notes from the WFA, WNFC. Um, if you missed anything, you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. That is the best network on the planet covering women's tackle football. Uh, and um, it's just been an exciting uh, off season for 2020. Everybody's gearing up for 2021 as we got a lot of things brewing for the WFA as we talked to uh, Wynn Domini here on uh, 356. So if you missed it, you can go back to the podcast, 356. You can watch and uh, listen to her in terms of the feedback. A lot of things are happening in the Women's Football Alliance that are changing things around, as well as the WNFC with Vire Networks coming up here in 2021. So we got about 90 days, uh, almost uh, three months out, as May 2021 will be the re-return of women's tackle football in the United States uh, with the Women's Football Alliance, the uh, Women's National Football Conference as well. And we uh, don't know if the WFLA will launch also in May, but uh, everything seems to be going in that direction. Plus, we have IWFA Texas. Um, that's going to be uh, interesting. And then we're going to be diving into X-League as usual when we do it during the summertime. So a lot of women's uh, football action happening, including overseas. So we'll be diving into Gridiron New South Wales right now in a little bit, Gridiron West, Texas Valley Sports, and, of course, week one of the LNFA Femenino in Spain. So if, like I said, if you missed it, don't know what's going on, uh, keep, keep up to date once a week on Tuesday, but you can go to the hub daily updates on everything that's happening in the sport, including articles and videos and other uh, unique things that are happening in the sport, including Super Bowl 55. So if you go to the hub, you can check out all the articles from CBS sports, uh, sporting news, including uh, Lori Locus will be in Super Bowl 55. We had the uh, uh, witnessing Katie Sowers last year with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Super Bowl 54. This time around, we have Lori Locus. It's going to be uh, 50, 55, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, including Sarah Thomas, one of the off-judges. So congratulations to both of them. And then there's a total of six women being represented uh, that are going to be playing in the big game. Uh, athletic trainers, including coaches, and obviously uh, a referee. So very unique time for everybody in the sport. And we can't forget it's Black History Month. So uh, a lot of the top-tier players in your in your uh, sport need to be spotlighted. So if you are on a team or if you're in a league, uh, this would be a great time to kind of pitch out to social media some of the premier athletes in your franchises over time. We do a lot of it in the NFL when we go back in time, you know, Jim Brown, uh, et cetera, some of the pioneers in the sport, but we don't do it often, uh, especially in women's tackle football. So, you know, want to get the hashtag out there, you know, no joke football. That's what we use on Instagram, on Twitter, and also on Facebook. But, you know, for this, this month, 
alone, I think it's it's going to be very encouraging if everybody in the women's tackle football community, including every team on their social media sites, uh, you know, we always spotlight pioneers in, polit- in politics and also in major sports, but we never spotlight some of the uh, contributors of each franchise. So, uh, you know, I'm challenging everybody in the WFA, in the WNFC, to uh, kind of spotlight uh, some of their, you know, elite players in Black History Month that have contributed to the franchises. Each franchise has obviously a legacy in terms of how long they've been in, you know, in existence. Uh, we're talking like Pittsburgh Passion, uh, New York Sharks. Uh, we're, you know, we're talking Montreal Blitz. You're, you're talking go way back to Dallas Elite uh, when they were in the WFA. Um, so, you know, Cali War. There's a lot of a lot of teams that have elite players and uh, African American players at this point. And what better time to showcase those uh, folks in terms of the Black History Month? So, if you guys want to do it, let's head it out there. I'm just pitching it out to everybody. It'll be a very very awesome thing to do on your social media sites. It also brings attention to your team, brings attention to the league, and uh, to those ordinary people that would not under, would not know that women's tackle football has existed over 30 years. Here's a, uh, an opportunity to spotlight some of the talented contributors to the franchises, and some of those uh, successful, some of them's not in terms of uh, you know tenure, in terms of championships or division titles or anything like that. Uh, it doesn't matter. At this point, we want to spotlight you know, who's the top player in each league, uh, who's the top player in each team, and who's a contributing player in each franchises. So it's a really uh, awesome challenge. I know we do challenges all the time on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook, but I think it's a really awesome challenge. Uh, you know, Toledo Troopers, one of the first teams to spotlight probably the, the best team in women's tackle football in terms of uh, history, in terms of titles in the 70s. So I think it's time that we – uh, do that WFA, WNFC. So we challenge both of those top leagues, Spotlight, and each franchise come up with, you know, it's a Black History Month, maybe one player a week for the next four weeks and kind of, you know, spotlight one of those players. Shout out to the Boston Renegades, the champion Boston Renegades, for uh, spotlighting uh, Whitney Zeely, the uh, amazing Whitney Zeely. So there you go. Awesome job by the Boston Renegades for spotlighting already in into the month so black history month very important and especially with women's tackle football so let's let's get it going here uh jennifer king of the new york sharks on our instagram so there's one already uh and then we had uh whitney zealy of the boston renegades and i'm pretty sure there's other outstanding athletes in each franchise in the wfa there's over 60 teams at wfa there's over 20 teams in the wnfc so you know go ahead and spotlight one of your players We'll, and then we'll end up sharing some of those on our Facebook at Gridiron Beauties so that people are aware of it internationally as well as some of the uh, best contributing players or hardworking players or players that just were uh, good teammates as well as uh, you know impacted the franchise in terms of championships, division titles, or just the fact that they were uh, you know a key element to uh, putting up the franchises and making it recognized in the communities. So let's let's rock it. Let's do that. What we got to do on social media. So you can use the hashtag no joke football. Uh, you can also use the hashtag women's tackle football, Instagram uh, on Facebook or on Twitter. So we'll rock it out as well. Uh, I encourage everybody that you're going to do that. Make sure you're using hashtag SB, SBLV. Make sure you're using hashtag Super Bowl LV. So that way we get some uh, more traction and attention. That will it'll go into the feeds with the major uh, people that are talking about the Super Bowl. It's a really good week to hype up 
that kind of uh, you know, excitement. So I really encourage everybody to get on board. Uh, hashtag no joke football, hashtag women's tackle football, hashtag SBLV, hashtag Super Bowl LV. And let's get it going. Let's get it rocking. So shout out to, uh, like I said, to the Boston Renegades for spotlighting one of the amazing uh, running backs in the history of women's tackle football, and that would be Whitney Zeely of the Boston Renegades. All right. And like I said, if you missed it, 356 when Dominie was here uh, last week, my buddy Kevin Peterson was here, and we broke down the, all the uh, conference finals, including a little preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, in about an hour, like I said, Mackenzie Brooks will be here, Nate Ward will be here, and we'll break down uh, Super Bowl 55 preview. We'll break down also uh, anything with offseason news and notes. My guy, Stafford in Los Angeles, uh, Eric, Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions. We have J.J. Watt's uh, trade rumors happening all over the place. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, Aaron Rodgers maybe somewhere else, which I doubt, highly doubt, but that's, you know, that's a rumor. And you can check it out on sportsnut.com. We've got the feature right there uh, at the hub. Kind of breaks down what could happen, what should happen, maybe what if. A lot of things happening in, the off, in this offseason before the Super Bowl is happening after all. Deshaun Watson, will he land as a New York Jet? We don't know. Will even the Texans let him go? It's really interesting offseason this year with COVID in 2020 and everything happening in terms of getting geared up for this odd Super Bowl. We would normally, everybody would be flying at, to Tampa, having a great week, preparing to, for that big uh, Sunday, Sunday day, uh, February 6th. But at this point, it's it's been Zoom meetings, Zoom uh, interviews, just a lot of craziness for this year, um, you know, on a flip side from 2020 now to 2021. Uh, so interesting so far in terms of the new year, uh, what's, what's bringing about. Um, will we have Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh? So, you know, the, the trade rumors are kind of overshadowing the Super Bowl in a lot of ways uh, because it's, you know, unless you're a Chiefs fan or unless you're uh, – you know, a, a Buccaneer fan, I, I don't think everybody's kind of diving into the Super Bowl as, as much as they wanted. The NFL really doing a good job of trying to pitch it to, uh, you know, old man versus young man, um, you know, the goat versus the goatee <laughs> uh, or the kid, if it's proper for uh, for that type of animal. So the goat versus the kid. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, really really has a great uh you know history so far in terms of bringing the chiefs to another level um tom brady brings resume you know it's obviously it's been for a long long time just a matter of who's going to be the better um you know squad on that day so we'll break it down like i said with mac when she comes in here in about an hour and nate ward as well so i want to uh Encourage you guys to go to monkeyknifefight.com. That is our major sponsor on the podcast. They're the ones that support us. They're the ones that keep us on the air talking women's tackle football on a weekly basis with NFL news. And without them, we would not be on the air. Just like before that, we had zazzle.com. So I encourage you guys to play. It's pretty simple stuff. If you guys like playing uh, little props, it's really easy to do. You go in there, it's, you know, more or less, Who's going to score? Who's not going to score more than this? You can do NBA. You can do NFL. You're going to do MLB when it comes up here in the season. So, you know, put in a $5 bet, continue to win $15 if you get both right. So it's really easy and it's uh, efficient and it's, it's really fun. So go to monkeyknife5.com and then use our code NJF and you get a match up to $50 on your first uh, play there. So And then there's a aw- awesome props there. So check it out. If anything, go check it out. 
and uh, use the code NJF and uh, put up a $5 if that's what you want to do. You get matched up to 10 and you can play a couple props there as well weekly. So NBA, real hot. That's where I'm at. Um, that's, everybody knows I play daily fantasy sports. Uh, that's just my, uh, my hobby on the side. And if you haven't checked it out, monkeyn95.com is where you want to go. Uh, it isn't available in every state, but the states that are available, I encourage you to go and check it out. Monkeyn95.com, uh, code NJF. All right. So we're, we'll di- we're going to dive into the women's scene right now because we have a lot of action happening in Gridiron, Australia. And, um, you know, shout out to Renee Hahn and Ali Carmoli out there, two of them no-joke football athletes in Gridiron, New South Wales. And then, obviously, we're going to have action in Gridiron West. We're going to be talking LNFA Feminina here in a little bit. So let's dive into the scene over in Australia. And if you haven't figured it out, if you go to the hub, it's right there, all the updates. Thanks to all the amazing photographers in Gridiron West and in Gridiron New South Wales for bringing us uh, still photos and coverages, as well as, um, you know, the links to the video. So really, really appreciate it. And if you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. So that's the place to be. All right, so let's dive into 358 here. Let me get my notes. And uh, we are going to have the playoffs in New South Wales just ended last weekend. And uh, the playoffs for the final berth to the Opal Bowl. Opal Bowl will be on February 13th, which is the week after the Super Bowl. It will be the Raiders, New, New, South, uh, New South Wales Raiders versus the New Sydney Rebels two teams that are very familiar with each other. They have a very big history in New South Wales. And uh, so last weekend, week one, uh, week, uh, one of the playoffs, which is the, the pre-round to the Opal Bowl Championship, the New South Wales Ra- uh, Raiders 22-0 to shut out the uh, Sydney Lions. Shout out to Stacey Spears out there for doing a fantastic job this year. Uh, lack of manpower, lack of coaching, and uh, she persevered and did a great job with the Sydney Lions. So want to give her a shout out for uh you know doing her best out there and trying to keep that Sydney Lions team afloat and in competition so uh the Raiders do uh edge the Lions uh 22 to 0 so they will move on to defend their championship in the Opal Bowl uh long long history in terms of the Raiders in the New New South Wales scene they've always been top notch they took a season off about a year and a half ago and then they come back stronger this year as well so uh, North Sydney Rebels, the team that stood out when the Raiders were off and were not competing in the, in the uh, competition. So they go and take care of 44-6 to against the Central Coast Sharks. Central Coast Sharks, really impressive this year. They did a really good job of trying to stay competitive. Um, you can get the article right there at the hub. You can read up on them the week before the, uh, this matchup here. Well, a lot of high hopes. Uh, Ali Carmali out there uh, really – trying to get the, the Sharks up to the next level. And so, unfortunately, the North Sydney Rebels do not allow them to do that. 44-6 to was the uh, score at the end. Uh, and so we're looking at for the Opal Bowl Championship, really impressive clashes here. Uh, UNS, UNSW Raiders are looking for an, uh, a back-to-back championship, taking on North Sydney Rebels, looking for an upset and, and get another uh, uh, Opal Bowl Championship. So both teams very competitive all year, uh, and they, they uh, obviously know each other very well. It's going to be a really awesome defensive battle, too, uh, uh, including um, some of the elite players on their squad. So we'll keep tabs on this championship, 
Uh, it's going to happen, uh, like I said, the week after the Super Bowl. So we'll be talking about it next week as well as we preview it before the matchup happens. Uh, if we go to Gert Iron West, week 12, uh, we have a standing. The Vipers are 8-0 so far this year. Blitz, Perth Blitz, 7-2. The Broncos, Perth Broncos, 5-4. Saints, uh, Curtain Saints, 5-4. These are the top four teams that will finish up in the season here, and we've got about another two or three weeks to go. And we'll see who's going to be, uh, you know, one versus four and two versus three. Uh, Wolverines, 0-7-1. Oh, really horrible season for them. And then the Titans, 0-6-1 oh, as well. So it has not been pretty for the Wolverines and the Titans. They've tried to stay very competitive in terms of, you know, uh, matchups, but they have not been able to uh, get over the hump at th- this year alone. And given COVID and everything else that's happening, that's been very difficult too. So, Looking forward to see how they're going to, you know, rebound in 2021 in the next season. Uh, but Week 12, Perth Broncos 26 to zero took a care of the West Coast Wolverines. Great matchup there. You can get the uh, information right there at the hub. It's still photos as well of the uh, outcome. And then you also can get the live broadcast Perth Broncos live broadcast right there at the hub. You get the link replay. Um, and so uh, if you want to watch it, go ahead and watch it. It's a really competitive game, 26-0. to uh, The Broncos do get the win. And then you have the Perth Blitz, 30-0 to against Swan City. Like I said, Swan City really struggling on the defensive side, giving up a lot of points. Um, and so uh, that's not good for them. But uh, hopefully they'll rebound as we come to a close, and maybe they'll get a win be- between now and the end of the season. And hopefully that would be the case. So Perth Blitz, 30-0. to so it puts everybody in contention right now. The Vipers just on another level. They're just doing what they normally do. The Blitz, uh, former champs here. They're obviously, I mean, uh, uh, champs uh, looking to stay neck and neck with the Vipers. And then the Broncos and the Saints battling it out for um, third and fourth positioning in Gridiron West. So it's going to be an interesting uh, finish for uh, the Gridiron West championship. So uh, week 13, we'll get that all the results up on Twitter. We'll get them up on Facebook uh, and, and a lot of coverage there uh, from Gridiron West themselves. They're doing a great job of getting photographers to get some still photos out there from the men's and women's and the Colts um, games as well. So applaud them for doing a great job and for us, uh, you know, uh, networking with them as well and bring attention to the sport. So if you didn't know that there is actually women's tackle football being played right now, and it's the first time you hear about it, then I don't know where you're, <laughs> where you're at. You should be at the hub. Every week at the Hub, just get the update. Go like the Hub and then uh, share and comment and uh, like all those comments as well. So check it out. Uh, Great Iron New South Wales, Opal Bowl coming up here in two weeks. Great Iron West, um, week 12, 26-0 Perth uh, versus the West Coast Wolverines. Perth Blitz, 30-0 over Swan City. So we'll get the next slate of games coming up here uh, right after this weekend, and we'll get those uploaded and posted onto the Hub. Uh, and you guys can check a look at it. Um, the other, the other season that kicked off was uh, LNFA Femenina in Spain. Uh, we have a couple articles there of the excitement that's happening within the season, early season. So you can check those out also at the hub. Nine 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 action happened last week. Uh, it was only a two game slate because they could not field enough uh, players for a full season of nine nine nine. So seven on seven is going to happen. Uh, interesting game in Spain. Uh, we don't have enough to do 11s. Uh, it was a cool, interesting article there about how it, it lacks the numbers at this point, the, you know, the participation numbers 
Um, so we're going to see if, if anything changes in Spain going forward in 2021-22 because they really want to field at 11-11, just like uh, Great Iron Queensland did this year um, because they do want to be, uh, you know, that part of the Euro scene, especially with the IFAB Euro Championships, and you want to be able to make it competitive enough. Uh, you have, you know, the U.K., Finland, Sweden, uh, Germany, um, even the French want to be competitive in it. So it's just some some uh, countries there lack the numbers to put or put together a full 11-on-11 11 um, international squad. So LNFA Feminina, uh, week two, if you missed the week one, it's at the hub. You can get go back there and get the results there. Uh, February 6th here, week two coming up. Barbera rookies, uh, they could not, like I said, could not field the 999 full season. So Barbera rookies were not playing in seven on seven initially, and now they're going to play on seven on seven. So the week one, uh, they took it off, and now they're going to be uh, rescheduled, and this rescheduling of the LNFA Feminina schedule uh, changes to where they add them on there. So Barbera, Barbera rookies, one of the premier stellar teams in terms of championship uh, accolades in Spain. Uh, they will be taking on Saragossa Hurricanes this past uh, this this coming weekend, February February sixth, and then Har- uh, Herbados will be taking on the Osos as well, and then Black Demons will be taking on the Coslada Trucks, and then on on the seventh it will be Drox versus uh, Buffaloes as well. And Week One results: Valencia Firebat seventy four to zero against the Saragossa Hurricanes, and then it was a Black Demons fifty four to two against the Boers. So get the highlights right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. You get uh, the whole lowdown of what's happening in the sport, including La Liga Sports TV returns this year as well, and they will have live coverage of some of the games. So we'll upload those and share those as well so you can watch some of the uh, women's tackle football action from Spain. We also have women's tackle football action in West Gridiron West. So if you're missing, you know, women's tackle football, Action. You can get it overseas from our network partners in Spain, as well as our network partners in uh, Gridiron West. So awesome, awesome job by all of those. Uh, we haven't talked also Texas Valley Sports. Um, the last results was January 30th. That was the uh, South Texas Cobras getting defeated by the Kingsville Empire, 42-0. The CC Sharks, 19-38. to They lose to the Legion. And then Generals, 24-12. to take down the River City Warriors. Uh, so the standings right now in Texas Valley Sports, Empire undefeated over uh, through four weeks, 4-0. and Cobras uh, are at 1-1. One and one. Legion, 2-1. and one. The Generals, 2-1. and one. The Warriors, 0-2. Oh and, and the Sharks are 0-4. Oh so uh, this coming weekend, it's going to be Generals. 2-1 and one Generals taking on the uh, one and one Cobras, big deal there. It's a battle for uh, second place and stay in the hunt. The Wa- River City Warriors looking for a first win of the year against the Legion. Legion are two and one, so we'll see how they'll fare there as well. So uh, we'll keep tabs on Texas Valley Sports as well in terms of the uh, season that they're having there. So uh, if you, like I said, if you haven't figured it out, go to the hub at facebook.com for size grand beauties. Um, if you guys haven't checked out our uh, our no joke football shop. Go to the uh, No Joke Football Shop at Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Get up to 25% off daily on tees, hoodies, and leggings. Um, so every sale that from the the shop goes to Spotlight, another talented athlete in women's soccer football internationally or domestically. So shout out to uh, Marin Yuri out there, uh, Melissa Zandu, 
and Alyssa DeSalas uh, for uh, of the Molasses Champion Molasses Football Club in France as our newest No Joke Football athletes. Um, and so we welcome them aboard to the Revolution, and we're we're having a great time for 2021. Looking forward to their seasons as well. Their anticipation for playing in the WFLA. And we'll see if that's going to happen uh, come in May. So a lot of things still up in the air for in terms of WFLA, whether they'll have an exhibition season or not. So we'll see how that turns out for all the athletes that are competing or anticipate, anticipating competing. Um, there's a lot of uh, issues with visas, from what I hear. There's a lot of issues uh, internationally in terms of getting over to the States to play. So um, all this um, is going to be kind of aired out, hopefully within the next 90 days. Uh, trying to reach out to Commissioner uh, of the WFLA, uh, Brandon Chilby, um, to see if he can give us some information. Uh, we'll try to get him here by the end of the month, middle of March, hopefully, get us an idea of whether, uh, you know, we're going to have a WFLA season or if it's going to be shortened or it's going to be just two teams or how they're going to, you know, maneuver that for the 2021 season. WNFC, WFA have announced that they will have a season. They are confirmed to do that uh, with, um, you know, heavy COVID guidelines. From when I spoke to Odessa Jenkins and Wynn Dominey and uh, Lisa King, so the both organizations are on board to have a season, just like the NFL did, uh, and, they're, and they're obviously going to do the same thing the NFL did. They're, they might do adjustments to the schedule. They might uh, push out a, a, you know, a game or two uh, a little longer. Uh, they might just even cancel a full game and, and go that route. But uh, they're serious about it. Uh, a lot of states are opening up, and they're obviously putting mandates on terms of COVID guidelines of how to play games for youth sports and for uh, regular sports. So uh, at this point today, as we, as we uh, are noting today, uh, the WNFC and WFA are ready to roll for 2021 in May. Uh, 11 sports for WFA. It's going to be the coverage. You're going to have uh, Brian Sweeney, and you got a uh, football game plan, Emory Hunt, on the, on the preview game. You're also going to have Vire Network uh, showcase the WNFC uh, for the 2021 season. So we're all excited for the two major leagues in the globe to showcase women's tackle football at the highest level possible. Uh, so we're looking forward to the uh, broadcasting, in other words, the um, impact it will have on social media alone, but also just on viewership in terms of mobile acquisition. Um, so, you know, it's going to be great to see live action of, you know, Boston Renegades, Cali War, uh, Dallas Elite, um, at this point, we don't have the New York Sharks, but obviously Pittsburgh Passion, D.C. Divas. On the other side, the Dallas Elite, the Philly Phantoms, the Prodigy that just came on, the, um, the brand-new look, Alabama Fire uh, with Tony Fuller. We talked to her a couple podcasts ago. Uh, the same thing, the, the new, new look, uh, Nebraska Nighthawks with our, our own Mac, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, and as well as, you know, uh, the Utah Falcons with our own uh, Holly Custis. So, going to be an interesting season in women's tackle football in the, U, in the U.S. scene. Uh, we haven't talked about WWCFL in Canada, but we'll dive into them as we get closer to the season. I don't know. Uh, last I heard, they were planning to have a season as well. Uh, I don't know for sure if they'll have one. I'm pretty sure they'll make an announcement here within the next uh, 90 days whether the Western Women's uh, Canadian Football League will launch a season in 2021. Uh, Maritime, so we'll keep tabs on them as well. And then we also have the leagues in Mexico. Uh, right now, Mexico is on lockdown from what I, I got my sources telling me 
There will be probably um, a season in Lexfa. There's a probability right now, a season in Lexfa. I don't know if there will be a season in LaFi or a season in FX Mexico. So that will still be up in the air um, for us in terms of whether we get a final decision. I know Costa Rica is ready to roll out uh, for a season as well in, the, in Central America. Uh, Honduras as well. They were thinking of having a season as well. Brazil is looking to probably have another season as well. So we'll keep tabs on all the leagues, wall-to-wall action, any notes from the best network on the planet, and you can go to the hub, like I said, at facebook.com for Esquiribris. All right. Don't forget, guys, monkeyknifefight.com. You go to monkeyknifefight.com, NBA Daily. You can play Super Bowl this weekend. And going forward, you can play MLB if you like playing MLB. It's pretty easy setup, more or less. Use the code NJF. Get started today. It's a matchup up to $50. It's a great, great way to just earn like a little extra cash. And if you like playing props, it's pretty easy. Who's going to win? Who's not going to win? Who's going to score more? Who's not going to score more? If, you, if you're good at that, just like you are at bingo, then obviously you're going to make some good money on a Monkey Knife Fight. So support our podcast a sponsor, monkeyknife5.com. Go to, uh, use the code NJF to get started. All right, uh, let's walk into some trade rumors before we get McKenzie in here uh, to preview the Super Bowl. But let's start in Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers have to make a decision at some point here, no different than, uh, you know, you, you make on a quarterback at, at a stage where he's over the over the hill, if you want to call it that. Um, veteran quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, he averaged uh, 6.3 yards per pass attempt. Probably wasn't his best season. They were winning, so we got to give them that. They were winning. But unfortunately, the quarterback wasn't as I would, stellar as he should be or should have been. And so Pittsburgh could go on, could go uh, and maybe hold on to Roethlisberger for another season if he doesn't retire. Maybe one more year of Ben, and then we got to really start looking at who's going to lead the Steelers and who who will take the you know the the leap of faith there. Uh, last season, Pittsburgh ranked third in the league in points allowed, yards allowed, and net yards per pass attempt surrendered. So they they received 34 sacks from T.J. Watt. Stephen Tuitt and Bud Dupree. So they, defensively, they were a pretty good team. It's just a matter of offensively, where are we going to go from here? Le'Veon Bell's no longer there. That got shipped out. Antonio Brown was gone. The transition in Pittsburgh has shifted in terms of the offense, and it didn't, it didn't make sense. I mean, they were winning. They got up to that level of winning, but they were never good enough to get to the next, the next round. A lot of people thought the way they were winning was just by luck. It wasn't really because they had such an offensive, you know, uh, power offense. And so um, a lot of people are kind of in the rumor stage. Will we see his, you know, the Watt brothers together in Pittsburgh? That's, that's been a huge story, and it's kind of like just being thrown out there. Uh, a defensive line, you know, that would be consisting of Cameron Hayward, J.J. Watt, and Tuitt. And on top of that, T.J. TJ Watt. It would be one of the – probably one of the best pass rushes, uh, pass rushes in – you know, in modern history, try to get all those guys on the same side and, uh, you know, contribute. So, I mean, that could be a situation where J.J. Watt wants out. Uh, you know, Houston, but you get rid of, uh, you know, all these playmakers. And so, I mean, I don't understand how you are uh, – O'Brien really the cancer, 
I mean, if we want to, if we want to just be brunt about it, O'Brien was the cancer in Houston, and he's literally shipped out a lot of talent. You know, Hopkins to Arizona. Now, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is not even uh, uh, changes. Twitter profile and his Instagram profile is not even mentioning the Texans as, as it stands right now. I don't know if that's childish on his behalf, but at the same time, it's uh, maybe that's where he's at. He just doesn't want to be in Houston. Uh, the Texans maybe don't want to, you know, prolong them, their pain on both sides. Um, are they going to give up, you know, so much like they did with Andre Hopkins, you know, to Arizona? Uh, you take away TJ, uh, take away uh, JJ Watt. And you're done. Um, is it a rebuilding year for Houston? Man, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, that's a lot of questions. If you're a Texans fan right now, more than likely you're pissed. <laughs> Just purely pissed. Because, I mean, how can, you know, I don't know. It, it just seems weird at this point that Houston is just in such a bad situation. Um, I don't know if Houston would give up, you know, J.J. Watt and they would have to get a lot of things in return. First rounders, second rounders, third rounders. Um, it could be a situation where Pittsburgh can offer Houston a few assets or even sign and trade deal, including like, you know, Smith, Schuster, or Dupree to go along with it. Uh, you know, kind of a package deal. Um, get some first round level, you know, for, for, the, the, for the draft. Um, so if you're a Steeler fan right now, uh, it's kind of exciting to hear that maybe, you know, J.J. Watt comes to Pittsburgh at this point defensively, but you still have questions offensively. And is Roethlisberger going to stay longer than he should? Or do we, you know, pass the baton to, you know, whoever's second string and third string, which I didn't even take notes on that because I figured it's not even a conversation, but it seems to be a rumor conversation all the way around. So interesting to see. Uh, are, are the Steelers desperate? for a defensive line help, and will they be, you know, retaining Ben? It's really the question mark. And so uh, we'll see how it turns out at this point. So I, I don't know if uh, if that's going to be the case or not, but we'll see. And I had my buddy uh, on Twitter sending me, okay, J.J. Watt may go to the Chiefs. So I don't know if that would be true, but that would be a game changer. And that would keep them uh, relevant for another Super Bowl run. And it would put them in a great position defensively to overtake the AFC West and really put a, you know, put an exclamation mark on who's the best team in the AFC. And so, but I guess we're not going to know that uh, until after the Super Bowl. And depending on what the outcome of the Super Bowl is, that could be the case as well. Um, so we're looking at, you know, a, a scenario where you got J.J. Watt and Chris Jones, uh, you know, would be one of the one of the league's best three, four defense, defensive, uh, you know, co- combinations. Jones led the Chiefs with uh, 28 quarterback hits and seven and a half sacks. So you put that together. You, I'm pretty sure JJ does not want to stay in Houston. Pretty sure everybody saw the a while a couple of weeks back when he was at the podium and he was just calling out his 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 teammates about how they were playing piss poor and not satisfying the fans and not giving enough energy and not putting out as much as they should be. So if, you know, if Kansas City acquires Watt, the Chiefs would probably be more willing than, than most to give up draft capital. Um, you know, it, just like uh, I think uh, it would be wise for Pittsburgh to give up capital. Um, and they would have to probably go with a draft with a quarterback. Um, so, but, you know, J.J. Watt, if he's smart, 
why not Kansas City? You go to play for a pretty awesome uh, offense at, at this point. Your 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 uh, you know your longevity for yourself is going to be longer because more than likely the offense compensates defense. You're not going to be on the field as much like you are with the Texans, and you're not going to be the guy to take care of business for the Texans against every opponent. Um, I don't know at this point. Uh, if, you know, if Houston wants a player, I mean, the only player that uh, Kansas City would be more than likely to give up would be like Frank Clark. You know, and, uh, you know, I don't know anything else, uh, maybe Alex Okofer or, you know, or something of that nature. Um, so, you know, flip-flop players. But the reality is this, if, if, if Kansas City comes calling and you're, and you're uh, J.J. Watt, you're going to go. You, whatever deal. I'm pretty sure he's not going to. He's not going to hesitate on the money because why would you hesitate on the money? Because you're going to go to a winner. And this is a nucleus that's being built as we stand right now. And who, who doesn't want to go play for Andy Reid right now? Andy Reid has put together really good teams right now in Kansas City, plus Philly before that. So if Houston sees a player they like on, the, on one side of the ball, I, I believe the Chiefs would be willing to part with a, you know, a backup running back or even a wide receiver uh, to try to pick up maybe uh, a J.J. Watt. So interesting, interesting to kind of analyze that. Uh, the rumor that came about as soon as the uh, conference finals were set in place uh, obviously was Aaron Rodgers in 2021 offseason. And will Aaron Rodgers be a Packer? I, I just don't think that was a valid thing to put out there. I mean, I, I, I don't think the Packers are going to be trading Rodgers for picks. I mean, I, I just don't see it. And why would you trade Aaron Rodgers right now? You've, you've committed to him long-term. Um, and if you did trade Aaron Rodgers, you would have to trade a lot to, to get Aaron Rodgers out of your, out of your way. Um, but, I mean, they did draft a quarterback. So there's an issue there, I guess, and, and right behind you. It's kind of like the Steve Young, Joe Montana mentality where Young was right there and behind you. And now we have, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, like with Brett Favre, where he was the second guy out and, you know, Brett Favre's retiring and here we go with the same swing and it's going to happen. This is the nature of the national football league to get uh, somebody to go to a high level. Not everybody's going to be Tom Brady, you know, playing at a high level at 43, uh, participating in 10 Super Bowls. not going to happen. Um, you know, and Aaron Rodgers, very, very good legacy in uh, green Bay. Uh, I think it's somewhat overshadowed by Brett Favre because Brett Favre was probably a lot better than he was. Um, there's a couple other uh, other uh, Packer quarterbacks that were probably a lot more outstanding than Brett, than um, Aaron Rodgers. In terms of the playoffs, uh, in the regular season, um, kind of close to Brett Favre in that sense. But when you go to the playoffs, um, Brett Favre was pretty good in the playoffs too. I mean, he, he didn't go to the Super Bowls often, but he was pretty effective in the playoffs. So could we have, uh, you know, uh, no Aaron Rodgers in, um, I would just say in, and then we also have the question again, uh, will, you know, maybe JJ Watt comes to the Packers. Never know. I mean, that's all the rumors out there. I mean, it's just, it's just a swirl. Okay. And, and uh, do the Packers need to get serious about winning a Super Bowl ring while Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers? Is, is it, is it, you know, something that they got to do quickly, like next year, or the year, before, you know, or two years from now, um, you know, Packer fans very disappointed. They get to this game, they own the North, and then all of a sudden, they can't they can't get over the hump. They can't get over the hump. 
So I don't know what, what's going to happen there. But uh, reality is reality. So there's a couple places that um, J.J. Watt can land. There's a couple spots where that could happen. Um, so we're talking Chiefs, Pittsburgh, Green Bay. Um, you know, I don't know if he wants to go anywhere else. I mean, I'll take him on the Rams. Why not? I mean, Snead, if he can make the money, if he can make it happen, I'll, I'll take him on, on the Rams. Why not? Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt on the Los Angeles Rams? Are you kidding me? That would be so great. But I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how it turns out at this point. Um, so let's get to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is an unhappy person right now. Deshaun Watson doesn't want anything to do with the Texans. And that's not me. That's everybody on NFL Network, ESPN, CBS Sports, you name it. Deshaun Watson literally does not want to be in Houston anymore. Does not want to play for Houston. Doesn't want to do with Houston. <laughs> so, uh, rumor has it he wants to go to the Jets. Uh, I don't know if J- Jets is a good idea. Uh, the other place is Carolina Panthers. Maybe that's a good place to go. Carolina, Cam Newton out. Uh, you don't have a real good gamer there. They do have a nucleus on on uh, defense that could supplement him at this point. So, um, I mean, the deals, you know. Houston could deal Watson to Matt Lure and the Panthers for a whole hold of assets. I mean, you can give up a lot of stuff and get stuff in returns. You can include a number eight pick in the draft as well as uh, first-round picks in, you know, 2022, 2023, uh, you know, including Teddy Bridgewater and Brian Burns. And Bridgewater hasn't been bad, but it's, it's not like a quarterback that you want to do that. Uh, but can you imagine uh, Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey? Can you imagine that? That would be so cool to see. If you can have Deshaun Watson and Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, as a Carolina Panther offensive unit, that would be so awesome. I mean, that, that just blows your mind because then they would be very competitive in that division at that point. It's an instant competition type deal in there. So Houston grabs, you know, would grab a solid edge rusher in Burns, and then you, you can replace likely uh, a departed J.J. Watt as we talked about earlier, where J.J. Watt might not be part of the conversation going forward for uh, the Texans as well. And he's also obviously not a happy camper there. Uh, so also picks up, uh, you know, you can pick up three first-round picks and a and a Tony, uh, a Bridgewater, Terry Bridgewater, uh, Teddy Bridgewater that could start with Houston. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe everybody needs to change. And uh, Bridgewater could be the Texans guy with the bright guy at this point. Or this is – a win-win trade. You get Bridgewater for Texans, and you get Deshaun Watson for um, the Carolina Panthers. So I don't know. So uh, a lot of trade rumors that are going happening. The other trade rumor that has sprung up on the wire, Odom Beckham Jr., Philadelphia Eagles. So whether it's Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts under center for the Eagles next season, it doesn't really matter at this point because the, uh, the Eagles have decided – they get better weapons at wide receiver. Simply put, a group headed by injury plague veterans in the, in in what? Ashawn Jeffries and Deshaun won't cut it. So in, in a less than stellar cap situation that they have, the Eagles pull off one of the bigger blockbuster trades in recent memory by sending Fletcher Cox, a second-round pick in 2021, and conditional third-round pick in 2022 to the Cleveland Browns for OBJ. So we already know that OBJ did not work well with Baker Mayfield before suffering his uh, ACL. So Cleveland could move off 
him this offseason, and this would be a match made in heaven because you also saw Landry and Mayfield, Chubbs, and Hunt. What a combination. And even without OBJ, that made it work. So, Callie Branson, hey, get rid of OBJ. Get rid of OBJ and get yourself a nice little, you know, cap space. Uh, so, rumors are the Browns will trade OBJ. And so, let's see if it comes out. See if it comes true. That's a good pickup for um, Philadelphia. If he can stay healthy, that gives uh, the two quarterbacks there an opportunity to uh, to put on a, you know, for a playmaker. The durability question will be for Philly. The the liability no longer for the Browns. So that's an interesting trade if you want to put it together in aspects of it. Because, like I said, Landry was the playmaker. Uh, you know, you had the tight end as a playmaker. You, you had a lot of key points that put the Browns in this playoff scenario in 2020 that allowed them to go deep into the playoffs and, and be a – uh, a AFC contender that they had never been in almost uh, 20 years. So uh, an opportunity for the Browns to really, uh, you know, make a change and get some, get some, uh, pick up maybe some draft picks, uh, open up the salary cap and continue on this uh, situation where they're putting their franchises in a better way than they were in the in years past where they were just a, a disaster. So, you know, let's see what the Browns do here. If OBJ goes to actually goes to Philly, that would be the rumor at this point. Um, it just seems to, to be a matter of time before the Dolphins uh, will pull off a trade. Um, a lot of talk recently, maybe Deshaun Watson goes to Miami. We talked about Deshaun to the Jets, Carolina, all these, all these what-ifs. But even then, uh, everybody's having a hard time believing Miami's going to move off uh, in less than a calendar year. But you never know. This is the NFL. You want to win now. So if Tua isn't producing or isn't going to produce, especially given that the team had been starting him for years ahead of the draft, maybe Deshaun Watson goes there and does his thing. But I just doubt Miami is the place where he lands. It's just not worth it. If I'm him, I would not go to Miami. It's just a bad thing. If, I'm, if, if I had an option and I'm him, I'd probably go to Carolina. Carolina's a brand-new start, brand-new team. Uh, you own the market. It's interesting. It's in the East Coast. Um, you know, and you have Christian McCaffrey. And you have a, a pretty decent defense. So maybe that's the place where you, you, you would need to go instead of the Finns. Because I think the Finns are going to give Tua that elite, wep- elite weapon he needs. So even after, uh, you know, a, a solid 10-win season, it's become apparent that the Dolphins lack necessary skill position talent to be a viable team to compete in the AFC East. And that's going to be a problem because now you have the Buffalo Bills who are really put together a really core, a good core and nucleus with Beasley, Diggs, um, Singletary, everybody out there in Buffalo. So an opportunity right here is for Miami to either pick up some picks, uh, but I just don't think Deshaun Watson would be the fit here. Uh, the team, you know, they would have to deal away some, a lot of people, and I don't think they want to do that at this point with that in, in mind. All right. The other trade rumor that probably Mac's not going to like was Dak Prescott to the Raiders. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a Dak Prescott to the Raiders? If we're actually being honest, the Cowboys rolling with Andy Dalton in 2021 doesn't seem like a horrible option. Uh, that's especially true with Prescott coming off a serious injury. 
contract stalemate that has defined the relationship between these two over the past year. So it, are the Cowboys ready to place the Frankenstein tag on Prescott again this spring due to the injury? Um, so, you know, what will Jerry Jones do at this point? Uh, is he going to be able to, you know, have confidence that Dak Prescott's going to return at full 100%? Or does he give the reins to Dalton? And is Prescott going to be okay with being number two at high-priced money that he's paying? Just a lot of intangibles there in terms of the Cowboys. If it wasn't worse before this injury, uh, it's pretty bad now. But I just doubt that if Prescott's 100%, why would you sway from uh, from Dak Prescott? I think he's the better quarterback. Uh, nothing against Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's uh, – I, mean, I, I think he's a great backup. I think he does a great job with – there in case something does happen to your starter but I know Andy Dalton also wants to start and why would he not want to start I mean uh, if he's given the reins there uh, opportunities there you got to take a next man up just the same situation like I said before with the Montana and and, and the Montana and um, Steve Young scenario that's, ha- that's, that's going to happen in the NFL it doesn't happen in every franchise but it does happen often where you have to uh, move on or you got to make this choice about just like when uh, Green Bay had to make the choice between Barb and uh, Rodgers, the decision had to be made. And so Dallas is at a point where the liability is in Prescott and the opportunity and the future might be in Dalton. And so that's hard to say right now because of what happened, but it leads us to believe that that could be the case if that happened. Um, Dallas, you know, Dallas adds the draft capital and um, they can do some, uh, things under the cap. Um, so they, they have ways to do it. Um, will the Raiders, you know, the Raiders, oh my God, what a mess is uh, Las Vegas right now. And are they going to trade, you know, get Prescott to trade for, um, you know, Derek Carr, get Derek Carr out of the, uh, the John Gruden regime area. So I, I don't know. I mean, are they not happy with Derek Carr? It would just you know, it's a situation where they have two quarterbacks there that are capable and youth, they have youth not behind them. But, you know, where is Gruden, where is the Raiders going, in other words, in terms of looking for an upgrade at quarterback? So needless to say, Prescott would provide that, would provide an upgrade at quarterback, given the two people that are there now, or um, Mariota. Is Mariota ready to come back and be that type of quarterback that he was in Tennessee? Um, so a lot of question marks in that in that sense. Um, the other one that Holly would probably laugh at at this point would be Aaron Rodgers to get traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, it would be a situation where uh, Garoppolo would not be wanted in San Francisco. I don't know what the status is right now in in, in Niner Nation, but it's time to get bold and let's look at you know let's look at this Aaron Rodgers trade. If he gets traded back to his native uh, Northern California, played right into the you know after the said loss to the Buccaneers, but I just don't think that's going to happen. It's just no way that no way. There's just no way Rodgers leaves Green Bay. Uh, he he would have to play very lousy, and would have to have, have a horrible season like next year for the Packers to say we got to move on and and get Jordan Love involved in here. So Love is the shadow. No question there. He's he's in the shadow now. And Rodgers knows that his time is running out. Rodgers knows that at some point or another, 
the thing's going to happen, just like it happened with Brett Favre and, and the transition with him and Brett Favre. So the opportunity there for, you know, the Aaron Rodgers to go to San Francisco, which I highly doubt that's going to happen. Uh, I really think uh, San Francisco is going to hang on to Garoppolo. They're going to uh, figure out which of those two quarterbacks can be productive for next season. Uh, they might even maybe uh, be looking at the draft at this point for that specific thing. So, but I, I just doubt that that's going to happen. So I, I don't know if, you know, I don't know what this all means. Uh, all these are rumors. Um, check it out, you know, sportsnut.com. Uh, one of our uh, cool new network partners, they put out a lot of good content there, or what ifs, trade scenarios, and everything else. Um, so check them out right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash square roots, sportsnut.com. Check it out and uh, get you get you all geared up and what ifs, you can talk about it. So um, at this point, will the Niners even make a deal for, for Rodgers? Will the Packers will trade? It just it seems not realistic in a lot of ways. Um, and Niner fans uh, missing out on Matthew Stafford while looking for an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. There might be a role there. The Niners, uh, you know, could have yielded a first-round pick to Green Bay, a second-round rounder, and a couple mid-round picks to, you know, to put together. But I'm pretty sure um, Aaron Rodgers is going to stay where he's at. I don't think that's going to change much at this point. I think he's going to stay where he's at, and that's going to be the the deciding factor in terms of uh, what San Francisco does with uh, the two their quarterback situation that has been a disaster so far uh, with uh, Garoppolo's injury, but plus the backup quarterbacks, um, everything completely unclear as to what's happening in, in terms of that. So we'll see how it, we'll see what happens here. But um, the other uh, situation that happened was obviously Matthew, Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, and in return, Jared Goff goes to the Detroit Lions. And so um, that's an opportunity right there where um, it's a great upgrade for us. I think for the Rams, we pick up a a quarterback that is mobile, number one, which gives us versatility. Number two, he can throw and sling the ball. He's been known to do every touchdowns, which we, with with Goff, it was always a matter of, can was he vision, didn't see the vision, had weapons, um, Kelvin Johnson and, and other talented receivers. Uh, just on a bad team. So, you know, the deal that sent Stanford to the Rams really was a kind of a shocker in the NFL in a way because uh, Goff had long-term, long-term, uh, you know, every all Ram fans thought, okay, he's going to be here for a couple of years and that's it. We're just, we're, we're stuck with him if, for, you know, for a better word. Um, but Stafford told the Lions they could not send him anywhere he would go anywhere but New England, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it had to do with Matt Patricia, <laughs> who's now in New England once again. So um, that was kind of like a, I guess hilarious in a way because it's reality. You don't want to work for a former coach. You don't want to go to a team like that. And so he did not want to go to New England. So uh, at this point, <laughs> it was it was kind of chuck. I guess you got to laugh at it because it's like he doesn't want to go to play for a coach that obviously did not do a good job in Detroit. So Stafford, of course is a Ram after the, 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 the Rams sent a huge haul to Detroit, uh, Detroit for a one-time pro bowler with a load of cap space and a yawning void at the position. The Patriots figured to be front runners for Stafford along with teams like the Colts. But Stafford apparently nixed the notion of being the guy that replaces the guy that failed to replace the guy. So he didn't want to be 
Cam Newton. He did not want to be the guy uh, that replaced Brady, who's in Tampa. So he did not want to go that route. So uh, he changes his mind. So Stafford would be cool to the Patriots. is something that everybody anticipated, and it was being reported during the trading block, but that did not work out. So uh, I don't know. It, it, it just didn't work out. So um, he's still young. He's 33. And so the Patriots are, on, are rebuilding. The Rams are not rebuilding. The Rams just need a playmaker at quarterback. So if you're Stanford's agent, you basically went right up and said, hey, boy, you go to a major market. Let's go to a major market, which is Los Angeles. This is a team. McVay has, you know, it's a really good offensive coach that you want. There we go. So Matthew Stafford made a decision, and so there we go, and he decides to go to the Rams. So the opportunity for an NFC championship is right there for him, okay? And given the fact that um, the Patriots are in rebuilding mode, that's the, that's the last thing you want to go. Last thing you want to do is go to a rebuilding team. You want to go to a winner now. You want to go to a team that is actually winning right now. And I think that's the case right now. That's going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, as much as I love Jared Goff, I think Jared Goff, I don't want to wish him bad things, but I think going to Detroit, probably not going to be a solution for him. Okay. And I don't know what's going to happen there, but I just don't see him being successful there. If that's the word, I think he's going to struggle uh, just like every other uh, Detroit Lions quarterback struggled. And uh, it's going to be unfortunate for him to struggle out there. I really want to see what Matthew Stafford will do in Los Angeles with a cup, Woods, Everett, um, Higby, just a lot of opportunities there in terms of what he can become. And for us, I mean, for me as a Ram fan, diehard Ram fan, hey, I, I want to see that. I want to see him take us to another level. I want to see us be relevant every year. I want to be able to own the West, um, you know, and, uh, you know, just want to see him at, do well. And I think McVay is a solution for him and make sure he stays healthy at this point. So we'll see how it works. The Niners missed out on Stafford. That, that was a lot of things that were happening on Twitter. Everybody's like, oh, my God, why didn't you go to Matt, get Matthew Stafford to replace Garoppolo? But even the case that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were even debating or thinking about at this point, I mean, they do have a quarterback um, in Garoppolo. But, if you you know, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, how would you feel as, as, the, as a current starter if your team was being tied to every available quarterback are you okay with rolling into 2021 knowing that the, that the Niners openly have tried to move on from you two seasons in a row? Pretty uh, not feeling great. Uh, probably not a great feeling overall. So I don't know what uh, John Lynch and Shanahan uh, tell Garoppolo behind closed doors and how much of what they will hear over the next month is accurate, but it'll be naive to think it doesn't affect the relationship between the two sides. Um, Stafford is now in, in the division. Deshaun, Johnson, uh, John, uh, Deshaun Watson has made it clear that a San Diego sky in the summer has no interest in playing with the Texans as long as, you know, Jack, it'll be works in the front office. So Houston in general, as we talked to earlier, he, you know, he wasn't going to go to San Francisco. And I don't think San Francisco would, would have that. Um, potential, potential would be for the Niners to draft a quarterback, uh, ship out a, a second or third um, a string quarterback now, and really give an opportunity, you know, to see what's out there. But, I mean, just a lot of things that happen. I mean, uh, the only other uh, options or scenarios that 
were brought up at this point um, is that Stafford moving to Los Angeles, you would think about Stafford and Shanahan's offense. It would have made sense. It would have been exciting. Um, we have also the rumors of Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan. And, you know, you could say about that, both of who have played for Shanahan. But uh, as long as there's a connection with Kyle, I doubt we will see two names, uh, the, these two names go away. Uh, the Vikings have, make, um, have to make Cousins available first. Uh, we talked about how acquiring Cousins is more of a lateral move when you factor in his contract. So I don't know if the Niners really want to do a maneuvering because that would be like a $20 million dead cap hit for the Vikings if he were to be dealt to the Niners. So Cousins, uh, Cousins cap hit uh, would be fully guaranteed in 2021 at 15 and 2022 at uh, 35. So I don't think the Niners really want to take on that kind of um, debt. Uh, if the Falcons were willing to trade Ryan uh, before June 1st, Ryan's contract becomes cheaper and, than Garoppolo's, so you'd have to pay Atlanta to unlo- uh, unload Ryan's contract, but nowhere near as much as the Rams had to pay to uh, uh, unload Goss. So realistically, your third-round picks should be the trick for the Ryan and maybe two-round picks if needed. Uh, Ryan is older. So I don't know if San Francisco wants to pick up a 35-year-old quarterback to replace Garoppolo. And Garoppolo, you know, rumors has it Garoppolo wants to go back to, uh, if he got traded out of San Francisco, rumor has it he wants to go back to New England. And New England's an open door right now, considering whether Cap Newton's going to stay or whether he's not going to stay, what the situation will be there. But, I mean, there's two options there. You had Stafford, you had Cousins, and you also had uh, Ryan as a potential, you know, options to pick up. But I don't think the Niners are really serious about moving on from Jimmy G. Uh, I think they're going to stick with him for another season. Uh, that will lessen some of the cap space. And opportunity is there for them to find maybe a quarterback in the first round, second round pick, something in that nature. Then maybe they, they get something somebody off the draft. Um, but um, so because of this, Garoppolo and a rookie feel like most uh, most options are there. So I don't know, you know, what the scenarios are going to be, but there's a lot of off-season. This is like the first year in a long time that we're actually talking about carousel quarterbacking, like quarterbacks just moving around. What if this would happen? Uh, I know the Texans is one of the guarantees. One way or the other, Deshaun Watson will be leaving Houston. One way or the other, T, uh, J.J. Watt will be leaving Houston. I, I'm, I'm just certain of that. I just don't think that there's an opportunity there, um, you know, that they're going to have to stay. I, I just don't understand how, you know, you would stay there if you don't like your, your situation or your environment. That would just, that would just be not cool um, for both, you know, on a, on a professional level and all the, obviously on a local level, you don't want that. But um you know, it's just interesting to see where Deshaun wants to land. If he lands in Carolina, uh, if he lands in with the Jets, um, don't know where all that's going to happen. But I, I'm assuming that's going to be the case where um, hopefully somebody will pick him up. Whoever picks him up is going to be way better off than they were before this whole situation happened. So, uh, Reminder, you guys, go to monkeyknife5.com. Uh, once again, we've got NBA every day. We've got a Super Bowl coming up here this weekend. And if you haven't got started yet, 
you can uh, do up to $50, and they'll match it. So it's a total of $100. You can do play props there. More or less is what I play. It's a really awesome game. So don't forget to check it out, monkeyknife5.com. Use code NJF to get started and get started today, and you can play, like I said, all the games, major games, and I love it. Uh, so make some easy money. You know, $5 turns into $15, $10 turns into $30. Sometimes you can get up to, you know, your $100 turns into $300 if you're that good. So you can make some uh, side money on the side uh, every day or weekly, once a week, however you desire. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com. It's our major sponsor for our podcast. So it keeps us alive, talking about women's tackle football. And we've been doing this for a long time, almost 10 years now. Before that, we had uh, Zazzle.com. So really appreciative for all those uh, sponsors to keeping us afloat and talking women's tackle football and supporting the sport and supporting the amazing athletes that play the sport of women's tackle football. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com, if it's available in your state, and get excited about it, more or less. And there's a lot of other games that you can play there as well. So use code N. J F. All right, guys, if you haven't gone to the hub, go to the hub now and get the latest news on everything that's happening in Great Iron West, Great Iron New South Wales, as we get ready for, uh, you know, the, the playoffs in New South Wales with the Opal Bowl coming up here on February 13th. Also, you get the latest news from Texas Valley Sports right there. Um, so all the, the things that are happening in the women's game right there at the hub, including interesting articles and videos and as well as live replays of women's tackle football games uh, this past weekend in Great Iron West and also in Spain of all places as well. So if you haven't checked out our podcast, if you missed our podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You can subscribe on any of the uh, platforms that your favorite platforms on Apple, Spotify, iHeart. Really appreciate everybody bumping us up on Spotify. I really, really appreciate it. And we want to shout out, uh, give a shout out to all our uh, loyal listeners in Canada, in Spain, in Russia, and as well as in Mexico. So really, really appreciate everybody internationally supporting us weekly, listening to our podcast, sharing it. Um, we cannot do this without you, and we would not be here without you. So thanks for supporting Women's Tackle Football. Thanks for supporting our No Joe Football Awareness Project on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for going to the shop and buying stuff from us. Uh, use the code uh, at the shop, the daily code there, or you can use a, a Zazzle Thanks for 15% off daily. And you can use international as well. So if you're listening to us in uh, Europe, you can go to the Zazzle.com site, go right underneath the tab, and it says Rest of Europe. Use that uh, site right there, Rest of Europe, and you can get uh, pretty much better deals going forward on all our stuff, including savings on shipping as well. So check it out, Rest, uh, rest of Europe. Go to the tab there. If you're in Australia, you can go to uh, Zazzle.com. Dot .au zazzle.com.au and you can get gear there as well. So take advantage of the specials. If no specials are available, use our code uh zazzle thanks and then you get 15% off any of the items that you want there. All right. So kind of waiting for the Mac uh Mac truck to arrive here and getting excited for uh in a little bit Nate Ward will be with us as well. And uh don't forget to check out our podcast. Uh we have over 300 episodes that we've done so far, uh, go check out uh, 338 with uh, IWF Green as we get in, uh, interested into the season coming up here in about 60 days, the intent eight of the uh, Icon Women's Football Association. And if you forgot, 337 to Shay Winfrey of the X League as well. And now she's going to be on I, IWFA and WFLA. Uh, we also had Terrence Haywood talking about IWFA in 334 and 327. Uh, Chris Sacco, the the whole lowdown of the Utah Girls Football League, 
at episode 332, 331 with the amazing Michelle Marshall, and then 330, and as well as uh, 356. You can listen to Win Dominie give us the lowdown on everything that's happening in the Women's Football Alliance. And 328, Very Lieberman, Angelica Grayson. And if you want to listen to that podcast, 328, very interesting, Born to Play, the creator of Born to Play. And on top of that, we had Angelica Grayson talking about the NAIA flag football growth in college. And guess what? If you're at the hub, you already know it. What a great weekend at the showcase, the NIA showcase. So shout out to our uh, No Joke Football athlete, uh, Phoebe Setzer out there doing her thing. Shout out to Jen Welter, Dion Lee in Vegas, making it happen as well. So a lot of progress being made. We got we to gotta build the feeder system to make women's tackle football as viable and as interesting and as exciting as the NFL. So what not, what not to do? Let's get it done. College, uh, you know, black football college. But we got to get started at the lower level with the varsity high school level. And that's where everybody's kind of really driving hard to do because we got to get to that level of consistency with girls participating. And then $5 million was actually done as an, as a, as an actual commitment by Nike, Nike football, $5 million to help uh, boys and girls nationwide to create high school flag football as a varsity sport nationwide so if you guys are interested go to the link right there uh, you can follow phoebe sketcher uh, um, on her facebook page as well but you go to the uh, to the hub and you get the, the link to her page there and uh, in the bio in her information and if you're on instagram you go to her page there and uh, in the bio um, you're going to have the information about uh, putting information to nike so nike can make an informed decision about where the five million needs to be um uh, spread out in what states we know florida is a big state we know texas is a big state they already have some formal uh you know high school for for girls playing uh flag football so it's really interesting to see that as well so let's bring in the the salty one mackenzie brooks in the house and we're going to be talking super bowl 55 as well so mac how's it going oscar what's good my friend how are you we're doing great mac uh did you hear the news Five million committed by Nike to get girls uh, flag football at a varsity level. That's awesome. I absolutely saw that, and when I saw that come across Jen King's page, I had to share it. So it wasn't quite public; like she didn't have it, you know, public on her page as far as like being able to share it. So I saved the video and shared it, and then she made it public. So then I shared it again. I mean, you can't get any better than that. We talked about uh, Dion Lee uh, a while back. Well, he's trying to work with the uh, the Girls Football Association out of Vegas. Uh, he was talking to us about, you know, uh, Alaska. He was talking to us about Florida, how it's already pretty prominent in Florida. Texas is pretty prominent uh, in a couple other states, Denver and Colorado. Um, so it's, 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 it's coming. This is, this is a necessitated thing for a feeder system. There's just no way around it, you know, and um, – I don't know, you know, uh, Mac. If if you're you're in that state where you have no idea that women are coming, it's almost like it's almost like that run of the bulls in Spain, right? It's coming. You got to just start running back. <laughs> you're getting steamrolled. Well, see, when, when, exactly. Well, right. And what people seem to fail to realize is that women's football and 
I mean, just more or less talking on the full kit tackle side. Women have been playing tackle football and football in general since the 70s, like, organized. So why people aren't more aware of the fact that, hi, there's been women playing this sport on, you know, on the same kinds of levels and uniformity as men since the 70s and possibly even a little bit before that, um, why they're just now figuring this out is something that I can't quite understand. Um, and it, it kind of irks me every time, like, I see comments or see people that all are just like, oh, you know, women will never play football. Like, hi, like, where have you been? Women and, women and girls have been playing football for over decades now. So why are we just why is it why is it taking Nike and um, you know all these other big branded sponsors of sporting you know sporting entities teams things of that nature to bring attention to the fact that girls and women have been playing football for what seems like an eternity now I don't I don't understand it it's it's, kind, it's slightly disgusting think, to me but in the same respect hey, uh, I have Max, to you think the mindset that people is, aren't always there the mindset is changing in the way where I don't think anybody was really people are not open-minded enough to understand unless you have a daughter, then you kind of relate to that. Right. But if you don't have any daughter at all, you don't have that inclination. You know, you always think, Oh my God, what are they doing? Right. It's kind of like the same thing with this. Uh, you know, when you start talking about transgender, right. Women uh, competing uh, with uh, other women and then the transgender issue comes into play and everybody starts to get into like a phobic state. And then the same thing here with the girls is like, it's it's a thing like your 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 uh, you know your uh, staple response. It's a thing, you know. We uh, flag football is a thing. Flag football should be a thing, right? It's just it shouldn't be no different. We should have varsity flag football. That gives us the opportunity to yeah, go to the should. you know the NAIA, and then we got college flag football. And I don't know you, I don't know about you, but the 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 flag football world championship tournaments. I mean, those things are huge nationwide. I mean, and even internationally, they're huge. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to unfold there, so I'm I'm trying to peel back one uh, one quick topic at a time. So in, in terms of there being a feeder system, this is the feeder system, the the flag system, and um the mm-hmm. you know the youth girls tackle leagues around this you know around the country are the feeder system for those high school varsity flag teams, high school or yeah, high school varsity flag teams, college varsity flag teams, and hopefully eventually, you know, we can be you know, so lucky enough to see a women's tackle football team at a collegiate level of some kind. And then you move on to your, you know, your professional level, WNFC, IW, IWFL, WFA, you know, and the international league, like those are the feeder systems. So people keep talking about, girls and women don't have a feeder system to play the sport. Well, hi, here's a feeder system. Either invest in it or stop talking about it. That, that, that's one thing that I can't get people to understand is don't sit there and tell me that we don't have a feeder system when we've had this feeder system and it may not, and it may not be something as prevalent as like a little All-American or a peewee league, you know, for boys, but girls can still play on those leagues. But why play with the boys if I can do the exact same thing with other females? Like we we've gotten into this, the, this realm that of the, mindset. That is the yeah. That is the that is the uh, the, the what do you call it the barrier. It's like a shove barrier. You know, people just shove it on there. Oh no 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 no. You 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 have to understand. We want to stand alone. We want to have our own means to a professional stage. 
You know what I mean? It's just, I don't understand how people don't get that. Because, and, and unfortunately, and I'm, I'm going to really don't care. So if people, people that are listening, you know, don't like what I have to say, I really don't care. I appreciate all hate and feedback. But unfortunately, we live in a society now where, well, not even now, but for a while where we, where for some reason, people still seem to think that we live in the 1940s, 1950s, and 60s, where women are still seen as inferior and feeble, and that's not quite the case. Um, no, that, that's not how this works. Like, and it seems to be there's a lot of misogyny and a lot of uh, hypocrisy when it comes to, oh, I'm going to support women in everything they do, but if it's football or a hard labor thing or a hard labor, oh, women don't need to do that. Like, no, that, that's not how this works. This ain't the 1950s. This ain't the baby boomer era. You don't need to get out of your heads and realize that women are coming and women have been coming. Whether or not you want to hop on board and, and take charge and, and actually support and get to learn the sport just like you would any other thing that you claim to love. And this is the other thing that irritates my life is that people sit there and tell me, oh, I love football. Okay, you may love football, but that doesn't mean you know all the ins and outs of football because if you did, you would be researching the women's league. If you did, you would find a women's team or a feeder system for your daughter. You would you would have interest in all aspects of the sport and not just NFL, college, collegiate, you know, CFL. Like, you would actually have interest in the, enti- in the game and the entirety itself. And that's the thing that irritates me. So, and, I, and I'm not going to apologize for being upset because I'm very passionate about this. I've been playing this sport since, since I was little, since I was six, seven, eight years old. Yes, there's not a lot of girls and women who have done that, but I happen to be one of them. And it irritates the hell out of me when people sit there and tell me, oh, is it like, and I don't have anything really against the lingerie league, but not because, I play, because I'm a chick and I play football, you don't automatically need to sexualize it. That ain't it. I play full contact 11 on 11 football with gloves, cleats, shoulder pads, a mouthpiece, and a helmet, okay? So why all this, why wouldn't, why is it when women and girls say that they play football, it's automatically, you know, equated to um, the Legends League. But like I said, not that that's a bad thing, because if that's all you've seen, then that's all you've seen. But don't sit there and tell me and the rest of the world that you support women and play sports and all this other stuff, but you haven't, you haven't done your research about the Women's Tackle League. If you, if you love the sport and you love, you know, love everything about the sport, whatever, whatever, you would know that women's tackle football, women's football, and flag football had been existing for a while. Don't give me that. Either research it or get out, period. And that's a smack for all you out there, a, a real smack. That's a smack. I mean, all right. I mean, it, it, no, it's, that's it's, right. It's you're, you're valid. All your points are valid. All your points are valid. I mean, that's why I'm saying it's like the visibility is here now. You know, the trend is here. We are here. It's, 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 a, it's a level like, you know, we talked to Dion Lee about it, right? It's, we, we're not going to be able to get to that another level uh, in, in terms of visibility if we don't have uh, a means uh, to give opportunities to more girls to compete at a higher level. And once they get to the collegiate level, the NAIA level, um, and then obviously some of those girls still play competitive flag football on the, you know, on the tournament side, you know, with the, the major tournament side. Um, whether they whether they want to come over to tackle, that'll be a choice for them at this point, whether they make that choice or not. But the opportunity will be given to them to go to college, get a education, get a scholarship, and then eventually either, you know, depending on how soon we get a professional league, you know, one of these leagues to evolve into pro level, um, you know, we're making strides. We've made a huge stride in the last 10 years versus the last 20 years. 
So we're, you know, we're on a boom, in other words. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. It's like we're, we're, our trajectory is up now. It, there's no going back. It's just up. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what I'm saying is if people are, like, people can't keep sitting there telling me, oh, I've not seen it or I've not heard about it. Just because you've not seen it or heard about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean it's not a freaking, the sooner people understand that, the, the easier this whole concept of accepting women for playing sports and just being an athlete in general will arrive and be fully accepted. The longer it takes for people to shut their mouths and open their heads, the longer we're going to have to keep having conversations like this, and the longer we're going to have to keep fighting. I mean, we're always going to have to keep fighting harder and harder because, unfortunately, the the kind of mindset that we're in in the age in 20, you know, 2020, the second millennial, whatever, um, women are still seen as inferior. Like, women are still seen as, oh, you know, women are can be great at whatever they do, but they can't be great at whatever men do. First of all, why are we genderizing things? Like, if I have a job and there's a dude that's, that's equally as good as me, I expect him to be making the same amount of money as me or putting in the same amount of work. If I'm putting in more work and he's making more money and being lazy, I don't have time for that. Like, it's, it's the same concept. I'm out here, me and myself and my team and all my other football sisters, you know, brothers that are coaches, things of that nature, are all putting in the same work as these collegiate players and these fully paid players, NFL, CFL, you know, G League teams, things of that nature, but we're not getting the recognition. We're not getting the sponsorship. We're not getting those individual accolades. We're not getting those millions. So it's time people start waking up and stop being close-minded and misogynistic and see the fact that we're here. And we ain't stopping. We're not leaving. So y'all better get used to it. Period. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's the attitude. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's natural for us that, that to see the evolution happen. And this is a great moment for us, you know, just like the Adidas hooking up, Adidas Riddell hooking up with WNFC. That was a huge moment. You know what I mean? It had never happened before. Now we have, you know, a major apparel company, major helmet company. And now this is, this is big. Nike really, you know, don't making their, their stride there is really awesome. And, uh, you know, shout out to all the, um, the females in flag, you know, Phoebe Sketcher, Jen Walter, um, everybody that's involved with the, uh, the uh, NFL flag. And I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson's got something to do with it as well. So shout out to them for, you know, uh, putting that into work and then uh, Nike itself uh, contri- making that contribution. Cause I think it's going to be uh, great and it's going to give us a real good idea of like, you know, the potential and like Angelica said, when we had her on here, the, the, the sky's the limit for, you know, girls nationwide now to try to go into a collegiate stage and they, they can go on a scholarship and parents are going to be excited because, you know, the, the, the flag sport is aggressive, but it's not as brutal as a normal tackle sport, right, for injury. But at the same time, it is very exciting. It also gives you the opportunity to go to college and represent a college and then the opportunity is there to jump out of there and say, okay, I want to, you know, I want to go to the WFA or the WNFC or the WFLA or I want to play overseas or, I want to play, you know, eight-on-eight ball, either way. Well, and that's that's the point that I'm trying to make. Aside from my passionate ranting and aside from any other animosity that I may feel towards closed-minded people and people who don't understand that the sport of women's football, whether it be flag, whether Team USA, whether tackle full kit, eight-man full kit, eight-man flag, any aspect of the women's sport of football in general, regardless of any of that stuff, this is going to add, this is going to give that feeder system like I keep saying it's going to give the feeder system for for you know it's going to the, it's going to give 
high school girls a chance to go to college and it's going to give the college girls a chance to go, like I said, Team USA, any of the women's pro leagues internationally. And it gives those, those bigger entities that I just listed a feeder system for recruiting. It gives a huge feeder system for recruiting. We have, it gives a huge Mac, feeder. Mac, you know we have uh, so many passionate people globally in terms of women. We have a lot of women. I mean, if you follow us, if you follow, you know, our sport, if you follow the hub, the international, our network, if you follow us, in other words, if you've been following us for the last 10 years, you know that there's a, there's a fire for this sport. There's, there's no, no question about that. And there's people, there's girls playing tackle football, as, um, as uh, you know, uh, 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 Grossinger said, they're playing tackle football with uh, helmets that nobody would play in in the United States because they, they want to play tackle football like in Costa Rica and Honduras and all these other places. So, uh, like I, my point is, we're, we're just, we're just gaining steam. That's the point I'm making. We're just gaining steam. And like I said, the more steam that we gain as veterans and active supporters of the sport of football on the women's side is what's going to keep driving this thing. And people don't understand word of mouth is a thing. Like word of mouth mm-hmm. advertising is what was a thing mm-hmm. before social media, before Twitter, you know, before all those things. It was word of mouth, newspapers, actually watching the news, people actually caring to put interesting stories out there like this. And anytime you come across a women's player, that's an interesting story because there's not a lot of us. There's a very small percent of us who do that, whether it's, like I said, whether it's, Tackle flag, eight man, eight man flag, eight man tackle, nine man. You know, it, you know, it, it, there's a very small percentage of women who actually pick up the pigskin and throw it, or play it, or you know, have that are very deeply involved in it. So, what I encourage, I'm gonna call everybody out that's listening and that you know knows about the sport. Get to know a women's player. That's what I challenge y'all to do is get to know a women's player, whether you personally know them and have known them for a while or somebody that you just met five minutes ago off the street or on, on social media. Get to know a women's player for five minutes. I almost guarantee you it'll change your mindset because that's what we need is we need people to change their mindset of how they think about, about women oh, in football. Oh, yeah. Period. And we, we, have, we have amazing women in, in, in the sport that nobody knows about yet. And, um, I challenged everybody at the beginning of the hour. At the top of the hour, I said, it's Black History Month. Uh, challenge all the franchises. You know, uh, Boston came out with, uh, you know, posting up Whitney Zealy, one of their stellar players on their franchise. So I'm challenging everybody out on social media, hashtag no joke football, hashtag women's tackle football, hashtag SBLV, hashtag Super Bowl LV. Use those four hashtags and post a prominent player in your franchise for Black History Month, prominent American football player that contributed to your franchise, you know, a, a stellar player, one, two, three, within the next week, you can post two or three during the week or whatever you want to do. Just, you know, we got to get the names out. We got to know what, you know, what made the Boston Renegades great, what made the DC Divas great. You know, some of those players, I mean, if, if Neil Rothenthal, you know, had the, the encyclopedia, right? We have a lot of, we all have players in the encyclopedia, but, I mean, visibility on social media now really needs to – we need to put a grain where it says it, it has existed, right? And these are players just like a Jim Brown in Cleveland, just like all these NFL, you know, elite players of, of the former eras. 
we got to start doing that with the women's tackle football. So, you know, I challenged the WFA, the WNFC teams, let, you know, post something out. Like Boston just posted out Whitney Zeely. Whitney Zeely, right? The Eric Dickerson, if you want to call it that, right? It's just uh, the, you know, the premier player in women's tackle football for a long time and on a, on probably one of the, one of the best or all time best franchises in, in women's tackle football. Yeah. And I think that's a great challenge. I really do. And, and whether or not people want to participate, it's up to them, but I encourage you to, like I said, you can either do Oscar's challenge or you can do my challenge. Like I said, get to know a women's player for five minutes, have a five minute mm-hmm. conversation with them, whether you call them, you have a zoom meeting, have a Facebook messenger conversation, and or hell, you could just write on their wall, ask them a question, and make it like a questionnaire. But I, I encourage you guys to do something like this because, like I said, the more unknowing minds that open up and realize, oh, hey, like this is actually a thing, like this is something that I can get behind whether or not I'm very educated on this side of the game or not, will change your mindset. Like I said, the, the, the more that we can get closed mindset and people to – understand like hi this is a thing we're here we're 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 steamrolling and we're not stopping and you're not going to knock us off the train so you might as well get on board or get out of the way kind of thing but the more kinds of people kinds of people like that we can change just by having a five-minute conversation get to know somebody that doesn't look like you get to know somebody that doesn't have the same kind of background as you literally can change the world that like i said the faster people realize that the faster everything will change and the faster and happier everybody will be amen all right um Let's let's get it going here. Super Bowl Fifty Five, Mac. Uh, are we going with the goat? Or are we going with the kid? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm obviously going with TB Twelve, goat style. TB Twelve. I'll tell you this though: the baby goat, Patrick Mahomes, is going to give him a run for his money. I, that's literally going to be a thing. It's not going to be an easy game on either side because Lori Lopez is planning, is planning, uh, this planning it out right now. Lori Lopez is sending that defense. You know it. <laughs> she's strategizing yeah, as we speak. She's sending, <laughs> she's she's sending a house to go over to the kid, and it's it's going to be it's going to be great. And now, and and don't get me wrong, Kansas City's defense is pretty pretty decent, pretty decently yeah, strong, yeah, yeah. but. I have full faith that Coach Lowe's defense is going to just have a field day. Like, I'm just – I can't Mac, wait. Like, Mac, I'm wrong. putting money on TB12 because I want Locust to get the ring. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting money on TB12. I put money in Vegas already, so I'm putting money on TB12, and I want Locust to get the ring. That would be so cool. You know, other than the fact that, you know – I want obviously I want Coach Lowe and the strength coach and all the women on that staff to get a, get their ring. I want I I want this to be able to change people's minds. Like you can have female coaches in a, in a huge league like the NFL and still be successful. Coaching men, mind you, coaching men. Okay, coaching that's men why I'm saying, football. Mac. This is huge. We had Katie, and Katie couldn't make it happen. Right? It just, for whatever reason, San Francisco make it. TB12 can make it happen. I'm sorry, but, you know what I mean? I, if, if you're on Tom Brady's bus, <laughs> your, your, your percentage has gone to win uh, on a bigger scale. 
And I, I'm, I'm sorry. I like, you know, my cousin's a Chiefs fan and her husband's a Chiefs fan. And I, I hate to say that, but I, I, I know you guys, you know, all these Chiefs fans, you know, that are out there. But I'm going to just tell you right now, it's like, um, it's going to take a lot. Uh, it's going to be Brady playing a horrible game. Uh, look at Atlanta. Remember Atlanta? Remember how Atlanta was up for till halftime? <laughs> so you got to, they got to bring their A game against this guy and. The defense on the other side, credit her and the defensive side of things, They this is the opportunity of a lifetime. I don't think Lori's going in there, oh, maybe I'll throw my best defense. No, she's throwing that. Like you said, she's 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 putting she's throwing in the sink to win this. And, and great for her. Imagine the fact if she does win 55, what an achievement for her. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's going to be all hands on deck on both sides. The game, the, the game is not going to be handed easily to either person or either team, rather. I can guarantee you that right now. It's not going to be easy. Like, and that, and each quarterback has already played each other in, in the same exact game. Each quarterback has played, this, has played each other. The only difference is, is Patrick Mahomes still plays for the Chiefs. Tom Brady doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. He's now the, 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 the head captain of the offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and has had one familiar um, – Outlet and Rob Gronkowski, mind you, mind you. Do you think they bring Brown in? Mac, do you think they're going to bring Brown in? If they want to win, I think they do. To solidify, like if they want to up their chances of winning Super Bowl Fifty Five and just put it that much, give them their themselves a much more advantage, quote unquote. I'm putting in Antonio Brown as well. Because then you have yeah, Antonio I mean, they, Brown, you have Mike Evans, you have yep. Rob Gronkowski, okay, you have Andy Twelve, and Godwin, absolutely. That, those five alone, plus the offensive line and my guy Tristan Burks, okay, offensive tackle. He's about to be rookie of the year. I don't care what nobody got to say. Has allowed two sacks, I think, the entire season. And Anthony wow. Nelson on the defense for for Coach Low. Who's who's stopping that? That's what I'm saying. It's not hard when you start analyzing the uh, both sides. I really, you know, people are like, "Oh, you got Mahomes, you got Tyra Hill, you got Kelsey, you got, you know," and I'm like, "Okay, but you got a question question mark on running back. You got a question mark on the offensive side at, at, uh, and besides the playmakers on the offense, you have a question mark there. Defensively, they're pretty okay, but now we've we're getting news that some of the some of their players are probably not going to be available because of COVID. So there's a lot of question marks on the other side." Where it, on the Tampa side, um, it kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to go against 12. That's what I'm saying. It's like very hard. Uh, he's only been beaten once. And that's what, twice? Is it twice he's been beaten? Well, yeah, it was what, uh, Manning and Foles, right? Because the only two players that have beaten him. Yes. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, want so it, the, be... I, I want Lori to get the ring. That's, that's my thing. I think that's, you know, for us as – a football, uh, football, women's football community uh, supporters and and all that. I, I think we got to be rooting for uh, Locust to get the ring. We got to get her to the ring. Oh, absolutely! Like I said, you know, and and don't get me wrong, it's it's not going to be easy for either team. It's not going to be a cakewalk for either team. I don't anybody that sits here and tells me that it's going to be a cake for either team to get this W is freaking off their rocker, like legitimately off their rocker. Yeah, no, don't tell it to the Falcons because they thought it was a cakewalk after 
two quarters. <laughs> Didn't happen. Sorry, I got to harp on the Falcon fans a lot, but anyways. Um, all right, so you're taking you're taking the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. Uh, Nate should be here in a couple minutes. I'm pretty sure he's going to take the Bucks. So a majority of the people are taking Bucks. Even the wager lines and Vegas lines are going with the Bucks. So unless we're going to lose big money on that day, <laughs> I guess we're going with the Bucks. I mean, and, and like I said, I and I was actually I just had this conversation with like one of my brothers and like like a bunch of my family members and I were having this conversation, and I said I said and to be honest, if for some reason Tom Brady can't pull it off, you know nobody can nobody can say a word about him. Nobody can say anything that he's a system quarterback and it was Bill Belichick. Like if he were a system quarterback, there's absolutely zero way. He would be in the in the Super Bowl this weekend. If he were a system quarterback, he would be sitting right where the Patriots are, at home on the couch watching the Super Bowl. Like, and that's what I can't get yep. people to understand. Like, and I won't be mad if if the Chiefs win because I don't. I actually have zero issues with the fan base, team, nothing. Like, there must be yeah, no, no, no. Boys I, over there I mean, for real. Your point, yeah, exactly, exactly. We're not, we're not like. We're not saying because the Bucks are going to win, like you said, it's going to be an easy win. This is a competitive matchup. Both of these players are high level, and the offenses are high level. The defenses are they're going to be up for it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you said, it's going to be a clash. This is not going to be. We might we might even get to a low scoring mentality. You know, with both defenses, we might not have a big shootout, but we might have something of a, a back and forth type mentality. Um, let's bring in Nate here. Uh, Nate, so you're going with the Chiefs over TB12. I, I'm I'm still on the fence. I am leaning towards the Chiefs, though. I mean, like like I said before, I've got friends in in Kansas, and they're longtime friends that hold more weight. And you know, Mahomes is just incredible. I mean, nothing. It's obviously Brady is the golden boy. He is the standard. But Mahomes is coming to his own, and we saw that last year in the Super Bowl. And I, I I'm expecting to see the exact same high-caliber performance uh, this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be the, a really good class. Um, Mac, defensively, you were just talking about some of the key pieces on on Tampa, but on on uh, the Chiefs, defensively, they, they, they like I said, they're pretty good against the run. Um, so, the, the, you know, Mike, Mike Evans is not traditionally a running back, and per se, Jones is not that great. But if they can stop the run – uh, forced Brady to pass. They have opportunities where Green Bay did the same thing, where they forced him to three turnovers. So if they can start, if they can push him to turnovers, a greater opportunity for them to win. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up Kansas City's defense because I also have two Hawkeyes on that team as well. So either way, somebody from Is, I, 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 Iowa players everywhere or what? Every time you make a conversation, there's an Iowa player of some sort. Are they everywhere? There's four total. Tristan Wirfs, Anthony Nelson, um, Anthony Hitchens, and Ben Neiman. Three of those players happen to be defensive defensive players. i got to be taking notes. i just got to be taking notes on Because Iowa, Iowa players are everywhere. Iowa Seriously. and LSU – there's there's four there's five schools with six with uh, with four or more players in the Super Bowl. LSU has six. Iowa has four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State has four. Um, and there's two other schools that have four. 
Um, and then everybody else, all those big, powerful SEC teams have, like, two or less. Um, all those top-tier teams that aren't in the SEC and other conferences have two or less. So I'm feeling real like I'm feeling real great about this weekend. Like, you can't say nothing to me. Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be a great matchup, like, to your point before. It's, I think it's going to be a clash. It's really – it's going to be a big, a big battle. Um, I, I, we're all, I'm pulling for, I'm pulling for Tampa because as I mentioned earlier to, to Mac, I'm pulling for Tampa because I really want Lori Lucas to get that ring. I think she deserves it after all the hard work she's put in. Uh, this, this would be a culmination of a big deal, you know? I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I think it would be, it would be awesome for, um, not only for her, but also for, you know, women in football. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, it's gonna be great. And then, I mean, just just the fact that they're at home at in Tampa too, uh, Mac. That that's kind of makes it surreal, right? She arrived there two years ago, putting in a program, building it up. Here you get Tom Brady, and all of a sudden now you go to the Super Bowl. That's pretty gratifying. Yeah, it, it's crazy to think. You know, first of all, these two years have just flown by. Like holy cow, just flown legitimately. Like, I mean, hell, we were just in 2020 and we're already at the beginning of 2021. You know, like, it just, like, when, when, when you, time, the old saying is, time flies when you're having fun. Legit. Yep. That's a true statement. You know, you go, you know, if you're Coach Lowe and, you know, and, and Coach Jen King, you, you get an internship, then you go to the AAF, then you go from the AAF to the NFL, then you go, if you're Coach Will, you go from pretty much helping rebuild that defense from the ground up. You have almost, you know, nobody, um, you know, that was to you know, uh, make your trade. Pitch. You had a great defense the... in Birmingham before the AAF. Birmingham was a pretty stout defense yeah. before that. So she, knew, she knows That's how to, fact. she knows how to, you know, create a great great defenses you know it's just it's it's a nucleus there for them now um but i mean to look at uh like to look back and then to see where she's at and then the fact that winston you know it without imagine if they would have gotten uh not tom brady i don't think they'd be in the same place it just makes a big difference to and i don't think dumb you know we talked about how tom wasn't dumb enough to go anywhere else but a, a place where there was already pieces there and that's just kind of like a nice fit there for him and so it, it's almost like New England again, right? Doesn't that make sense? But maybe with a better defense? I think it's better all the way around. I don't think just with a better defense because when you, when you look at what the Buccaneers have to offer as an offensive whole, you have a very strong offensive line. With your, with your, with your, um, your throwing arm side, right tackle, in Tristan words, who has – allowed two sacks the entire season as a rookie. That is – that's almost unheard of. Okay. Yep. Then you go to your receiving core, Antonio Brown, Mike Godwin, um, you know, or Mike Evans, Godwin, and Gronk. That, that who – like, do you know how hard that is to stop in general, let alone in a Super Bowl game? Some of those guys have Super Bowl experience. Just like some of those guys on – in fact, 90% of – the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs are still on that same team. 
And then you go to the defensive side, and you, like I said, you had to build, re, pretty much rebuild that defense from the ground up if you're Coach Lowe. And to see it evolve as fast as it has, and now you're about to go to the Super Bowl, is crazy. It, but it's great. It's just and it's in crazy. a COVID like, year. Wow. And, and yeah, in a and COVID, COVID year. year. Yeah. Yeah, just throw that on there on top of it, you know, just like the difficulties of everything that's happening. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty historic for us. Uh, Jen King, get on board. And uh, you know it was going to happen sooner or later. I mean, she's put in the work. She's put in the time. I mean, she's traveled, uh, done her thing. I mean, uh, Coach Rivera, like some of these neurotic people on social media, you know, uh, um, when you go to the NFL page, all the, all the negatives, but all these negative people, you know, it's like Coach Rivera would not be giving – a full-time position to anybody if they, he didn't feel the capabilities were there. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Like, why would you even think differently, you know? Um, so sometimes you just got to scratch your head about this, so much idiotcy, you know, idiots out there that just think that, oh, my God, she's just, you know, it's just a prop or a PR move. or No, well, no it's not going to be that if, you know, if she's proven herself and she's put in the time. And, and we all know her. I mean, we've interviewed her here before. We've talked to her and, I mean, she's put in time, and she's, this is what she loves to do, and no different than Callie in, in Cleveland. Look at, look at Cleveland in general, Mac, the turnaround, right? And then the opportunity there earlier, I was talking about how they're going to probably ship a OBJ to Philadelphia, and then they're, they're probably going to you know, draft better through the draft, and they're probably going to get upgraded, you know, things like that. And Cleveland, a success story for 2020 in a COVID year of all years, you would think Cleveland would have been a runt this year. But of all years, there we go. And so, I mean, they're making a difference is my point. They, they have come in to contribute and make a difference to these franchises, and they're, and they're going to put that together. I mean, I don't, I don't know you, but I'm pretty excited to see what the Washington football team offensive scheme is going to be next year when she implements the playbook. I'm very interested to see how, how and what she implements. I'm, I can't wait. But first – we got to get her a backup quarterback. And I love Alex Smith. Like, I think Alex Smith is a dude, for real. But we got to get him a – we got to get him a – we have to get them another quarterback. Jen King, you need to go get this John Watson. He was unhappy in Houston. There you go, Jen. That's, that's our, that's our uh, recommendation. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad. You know, I'm not going to be surprised if that happens. I also yeah. wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen yeah. because it, it really could go either way, to be honest. All right, Matthew Stafford to the Rams. Everybody needs to be excited right now. This is awesome. I don't know about you guys, but that was, that was awesome. That was, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I'm, now we got an actual arm and a mobility quarterback. So I was really excited. Uh, so TB12, Lori Locust taking on the kid, Mahomes, and the Kansas City. So uh, – Pretty interesting Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome. Uh, what do we, what do we have for the Super Bowl, Mac? What are you doing for the Super Bowl? Cheese, guacamole. What what are you doing? What's the setup at the Mac House? Um, there's nothing going on at the Mac House. The Mac is going to a couple of Super Bowl parties. Um, so whatever they have me bring is what I'll be eating on, and whatever they provide is what I'll be eating on. I'm using my cheat day for the week. On Super Cheat Bowl day. Sunday, and I on think Super that's, Bowl day of yes. all days, really? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Can How you be undisciplined that day? <laughs> I, I can just for one day. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, well, I mean, I hope you have fun because you know appetizers are everywhere. 
And uh, most people have a tendency to go with appetizers all day that day. I do. I don't. I don't grub on a full meal. I just go appetizers. It's just like go just eating up. Uh, Nate, what are you I, gonna have Super Bowl? Are you hanging out? Uh, probably hanging out at a parent's house. Uh, we usually try to do, you know, like like you said, just the appetizers. You know, probably nachos, little smokies, those kind of things. Oh yeah, those are cool. Um, and a couple beers, mm-hmm. people. It doesn't matter because the calories oh, yeah. will be burned out the, day, the next day after that. So I'm just telling you out now. Right. Uh, everybody la- laughs at me because I was like, hey, you want a Heineken? And everybody buzz laughing at me when I say, you want a Heineken? <laughs> All right. There's nothing uh, wrong with that. Uh, I know, I know. Or, or old duels. Should I do old duels? Would that be better than a Heineken? <laughs> just no, that's not good. Uh um, so Mac, that's it. That's it. You're just gonna just uh, you're gonna roam roam on Super Bowl Super Bowl day. Oh yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm gonna, this is my plan. After my when my best friend is having a Super Bowl party at her house, her and her significant other are having a Super Bowl party. So I'm I'm spending the first half over there, and use half time to drive myself to another party. And then bang, by the time I get there, second half will start, and I won't miss a thing. No, it's going to be exciting. Um, just to let everybody know, if you want to get a custom jersey from the salty one, you can go where, Mac? Where can they get your custom jersey? You can either, A, go to my Facebook page, which is Mackenzie Brooks, with two Zs and an M-A-C-K. You can either go to the WNFC shop website, which is where they have all the teams. Or you can go to Nebraska Nighthawks page where the link is also posted. Or go to Instagram as well because I share it there, and I'm pretty sure both the WNFC and the WNFC teams and entities have shared their custom jersey links there. So replica, like full replica, game, WNFC team jerseys of your choice out now or the team or player that you love and want to get to know, buy a jersey, you won't be disappointed. I'm telling you that. And make sure you get that person's jersey number because the league is keeping track of, you know, who's selling the most and everything. So for those of you who don't know, my number is 75. Throwing that up. So let's get let's get 75 to be number one. All right? We got 25,000 strong on social media. So uh, and then we can't forget twenty one. Let's get the the Falcon twenty one. Go to Utah Falcons and pick up the Hall of Famers twenty one. A Custis exactly custom jersey yeah twenty one. All right, so Utah Falcons twenty one, and you Nighthawks seventy five. The salty one. So pretty easy to do, and they're not that pricey either. They're pretty reasonably priced. So if you get it, get it before the season. You have what. Mac, 90 days, no excuses, right? You can save money between now and 90 days to get the jersey up up on over your shoulders and over your head. Exactly. Exactly, awesome. You hit it right on the nose, uh, per normal. WNFCshop.com, you get the, everything there, Adidas, branded, custom jerseys. Get 75 of our own co-hosts here, Mackenzie Brooks, the salty one, and our Hall of Famer, Holly Custis. So you go to Utah Falcons. Uh, on Facebook, or you can go to Nebraska Nighthawks on Facebook, or you can go directly to the WNFC on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, 
and get the uh, the links there to the WNFC shop. All right. Uh, so Nate, um, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm going to get a custom jersey, but I'm debating whether I it's either the 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 Mac Daddy here or the, the Hall of Famer. I think we're gonna have to get two. I don't have a choice. I'm gonna have to probably just rock two of them. And nothing against the yeah, rest I of the players. Put- because people are going to say, "Oh, no. oh my God, you're, you're you're being favorite." Well, yeah, I got to I, I got to be fair. I got to support my girls because you know they've been uh, very right. loyal to me too. So. Yeah, yeah, can't can't flip a coin on that one. Probably have to get both. I know I can't do Seattle yeah. though because I'll probably you know end up officiating a couple of games during my association. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, you can have your wife wear it so you don't get the what do they call it a uh, a flag. <laughs> right. <laughs> That is true. All right, Matt. I hope everybody listening out there, uh, let's do that. Let's do what we need to do uh, at the top of the hour. I challenge everybody. It's Black History Month. Uh, Want to spotlight amazing African American players in the WFA, in the WNFC, and uh, like I said, shout out to the Boston Renegades for put, putting it up first right there. Whitney Zeely, uh, amazing, amazing running back, champion as well. So uh, check it out if you guys want to do the challenge. Go to the challenge, hashtag no joke football, hashtag women's tackle football, hashtag Super Bowl LV, and hashtag SBLV. So if you want to do it, post the one of the prominent players, African-American players in your franchise. Post them on social media with those hashtags so you can let the world know exactly what amazing players have contributed to your franchise and make them an elite team. Even if, you, even if your franchise – hasn't won a division title or a championship, the fact that they contributed to the franchise itself uh, should be worthy enough for them to be spotlighted on your gallery, Instagram, or on your Facebook. Right, Mac? Yes. I mean, you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. And just piggybacking off of your challenge, just reiterate my challenge, get to know a women's player for five minutes, and like I said, it'll it'll change your complete outlook of how you view the game of football for women. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, guys, thanks for Absolutely. coming in. I really, really appreciate it. Big two hours. We talked about the Gridiron West uh, uh, Week Twelve, the Opal Bowl upcoming here after the Super Bowl, the championship in New South Wales. We also dived into LNFA Femenina in Spain Week Two. We uh, recovered Texas Valley Sports as well. And we did NFL trade rumors, and right here the preview for the Super Bowl. Uh, Mac, myself, Tampa Bay, got Nate going with Kansas City. It's going to be a great game. Make sure you get your guacamole, cheese, and everything else at your house, and get ready uh, and social distance, of course. Make sure you get social distancing involved there too. Um, so six feet away, you can get a pole if, if you're going to get some chips or something like that. Other than that, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Looking for a big class, and you know, shout out to. Lori Locus and uh, the women on Tampa Bay and Kansas City uh, rooting for everybody there. But Lori, mm-hmm. if you're listening, we're we are 100%. Let's go get the ring. Let's get the Super Bowl ring, Coach Lori. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so for Oscar Lopez, the absent Holly Custis, and for Mackenzie Brooks and Nate Ward, we'll catch you here next week for 359 and don't forget to miss the Super Bowl. Check out all our stuff uh, at the hub and don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify and iHeart. Have a great night everybody. <laughs>